This was a vision. I'm telling you, these people are Satanists. As I sit here, they are Satanists. Look, the world is full of these kind of things. Black masses, mutilations, mutilations. The incubus, the succubus. I'm telling you, we got to go down to the religious supply store. We got to get ourselves a couple of gallons of holy water. My cousin Jerry's a priest. He can get us a deal. Do you want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? Hey, once they get in here, it's over, pal. Trigger warning. This podcast may include explicit content that will take you out of your comfort zone and make you question reality. Listener's discretion is advised. What is going on, my fellow conspiracy mutants? On today's episode, Ellie from the Speed Bumps podcast joins us for a bloody fantastic episode. We are decoding DNA, the significance of blood types and mysteries behind our genetics. Ellie brought some fantastic information to light in this episode that will leave you wondering what in the deoxyribonucleic acid is going on. Now, for more content from Ellie and the Speed Bumps podcast, check out the show notes. I have included a link to her podcast. And um, just to keep it real with you, there have been some rather strange things going on in my own life that has made me question whether or not I even wanted to continue podcasting, but I've pushed through and here we are. But before I started recording this episode with Ellie a few weeks back, I had had a really weird, tough day and a weird, tough about two months actually. And uh, she was such a great bestie and, um, I just really appreciate her, and thanks so much, Ellie, for joining me for this episode. I really appreciate it. Sometimes when you are feeling like you're alone in the world, you're really not, because you have some great friends. And I hope you enjoy this episode. I have two more episodes for the month of March, and then guess what? Next month in April will be the one-year anniversary of the Cosmic Peach podcast, and I got some really cool stuff in line for next month. But uh, yeah, let's jump right into the episode. Here we go. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cosmic Peach Podcast. Tonight, we have on the wonderful Ellie from Speed Bumps Podcast. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy we are together. So this isn't the typical conspiracy sleepover. No. This is just you and I. Yes. Which is even better because you have some information I've never heard before. Yep. But I'm very excited to learn. And I think you had listened to the Nephilim episodes in your, you know, little science butt. 
and you <laughs> took it like I always go spiritual like how is this spiritual what can we tie it back to and you said but wait a second there's some shit going on with the DNA today that nobody yeah. about so what was one of the things that I said that kind of triggered you so the morning before I started listening to your Nephilim series, I had actually came across an article that talked about how some, they'd found some pregnant women were actually RH negative and RH positive. And if you're RH negative and your partner is RH positive, then you're supposed to get this like rogam shot. Otherwise your body could like kill the baby. Okay. And the baby could kill you if the blood mixes. And that's a whole separate thing. So then I'm listening to your Nephilim episodes and you're talking about RH negative blood and where did this come from? And it clicked in my head about newborn screening. I messaged you about this and I don't think you knew. I didn't know shit. Okay. I was flabbergasted. So I knew some, but then I had to like go deep dive. I was like, there's something to this. There, Mm -hmm. There has to be something to this. So for those who don't know, We're just going to start with the U.S. In the U.S., when a baby is born, it can only happen after 24 hours. If it's done before 12 hours, like post-birth, then they have to retest. And often that happens. So why are they retesting? That's my first question all the time. Like, why not just wait until 24 hours old, right? Interesting. So they do this little heel prick on the baby. And they test for at least 29 of these rare conditions. Some of them are like sickle cell or cystic fibrosis. One is called like PKU and all of these things. I got a thought already. How come white people don't get sickle cell? I actually know the answer to that. Lay on me. Sickle cell disease is when your red blood cells look like a sickle or a C-shape has a higher prevalence in African-American people. Mm -hmm. And that's because it's actually protective against malaria. Malaria is very common in Africa. And when they infect, there is a parasite in the mosquito that will come in and inflect the red blood cell. Well, if the red blood cell isn't whole like a donut shape, the malaria actually can't infect those people. So people who have sickle cell disease, so if we're going to go back to basic biology, where you have like big A, little A, or big A, big A, and little A, little A, right? If you have big A, big A, let's say, you don't have sickle cell. But if you have little A, little A, or big A, little A, you have sickle cell. Little A, little A, you can have a lot of complications. It can be really painful, but you're protected against malaria. Now, big A, little A, you don't have as many complications. You can lead a fairly normal life, and you're protected against malaria. So it was a natural evolutionary process for a protective mechanism. Do you think there's a reason the mosquitoes in this area were carrying malaria. I mean, I haven't researched that far into that aspect of like this. Because I mean, if they say like Africa's the cradle of civilization, let's just say maybe garden of Eden type okay. of cradle of civilization. Okay. And maybe Adam and Eve were darker skin like that. And mm-hmm. the Hebrews that descended from them also had darker skin like that. Okay. And then we learn about like the Kush people in 
Egypt, they were black. And then um, Cleopatra was black. We, we learn about the black Egyptians and Egypt is in North Africa. So it's like, were they actually targeted because they had a bloodline that was more like Adam, Eve, Seth, like the pure bloodline. They could have. And they're targeting those because there's a lot of shitty diseases that darker skinned people get that white people don't. Or that white people bring to them, like the itchy blankets. Yes. Okay. But hang on. So just do genetic for a second because non-genetic and genetic mm-hmm. are two very different things. So I do agree that certain populations have higher genetic susceptibilities to certain diseases. So mm-hmm. Ashkenazi Jews have a, I'm going to forget what it is right now. And they have a certain prevalence of one, you know, African-Americans have one, certain parts of the Middle East have one. So it seems like every region kind of has this higher than normal prevalence. Right. And these in these newborn screenings in the US, they're meant to screen out these fatal diseases that if not caught earlier are, are lethal. So on the surface, I'm like, okay, I can get behind that on the surface. Well, then I remembered these little newborn index card with special filter paper on it, basically, and these all these little spots. And they touch the blood on it, and it gets tested. And just in the U.S. for a second, Julia, what do you think happens to those cards? I think that they're probably saved in, like, a fucking database or some shit. So, in in four states in the U.S., those become property of that state. In California, Maine... Utah and Washington, they become property of the state. Your baby's blood becomes property of the state. In many other states, they don't have a time limit of when they're kept. And you can write them and ask them to be destroyed in certain certain circumstances. But how do you really know, right? You have no fucking idea. You have no idea. And oftentimes, when you sign this form at the hospital and, you know, you're pregnant in labor and you're just like, you know sign and shit right one of the things that you sign is the samples once they test your baby for all these diseases that like 99 percent of the time they're going to be totally fine Mm -hmm. because otherwise you would have it too they can then use this for research and not tell you see that's where it's sinister always well and then There was a recent case of a guy in New Jersey. They went back to his newborn blood screening card, tested that DNA, and from that convicted the dad of a crime that he had done 25 years prior. Oh, see, now you're getting into a whole nother can of worms. I just put out an episode about the boy in the box. The infamous unsolved case of the boy in the box. It's a 70-year-old cold case. They were able to find his identity from pulling DNA off of fucking 23andMe. 
these people, God only knows if they consented to people being able to use their DNA in this way. Well, okay, I'm glad you brought up 23andMe and Ancestry.com and all this other stuff. They already had a freaking database of your newborn samples. They've had it since the 60s. We're just making it even easier now. Wow. They've already had this blood and this DNA. Everyone's like, oh, they're going to sell my DNA. I shouldn't do this. They've already had it. You're born basically 1960-ish and later in the U.S. All this stuff coming out of the 60s, too, by the way. I have a whole new thing with that, too. Oh, Oh, my God. I mean, let's just be real. You already said California is one of the states that claim that it's their property. Yep. It's coming out of the 60s. And why... Were they looking for these certain... De- we see in movies and all all of these shows and stuff, it's always DNA, technically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this happens in the world. Australia does it. The UK does it. Like, this happens all across the world, this newborn screening, these databanks, these blood databanks. So if you don't think that governments are sharing this shit, you're delusional. Mm-hmm. But do you know what else started to come out in the 60s? In regards to babies or blood? Babies. So would that be like the Planned Parenthood stuff or not so much? So fertility treatments. Oh, shit. (laughs) So this was the, have you ever heard of the thalidomide babies? No, but it sounds like some Crowley shit. What is this? So thalidomide was used in Europe to help women conceive and basically the babies ended up being born horribly disabled with no arms no legs some of them you know no ears things like that also around this time a medication that is still used today called clomid was put into use hi the reason i am the way that i am is because of clomid thank you very much oh my god And so now they're introducing these fertility treatments. And at the same time, we're going to scan your newborns, everyone, for free. All all at the same time. I don't know. What do you think? You know, my sister was on Clomid. And she had, like, miscarriages or something like Mm -hmm. that. I have a friend. They put her on Fimara, which is supposed to be used for breast cancer. And they're using it off-label for fertility. And I sent her a screenshot. And I was like, yeah, just so you know, um, this is not recommended for pregnant women. And this is all the stuff that can happen to your baby if you get pregnant while on it, which is what they prescribed it for. Did you tell her, look at me? I did. And she was she was horrified. Because they gave her the choice between Clomid, which was older, and Femara, which is new. And she's like... Yeah, we chose Femara, and I was like, yeah, that's not any better. It's a chemotherapeutic mm-hmm. drug. Yep. Which, by the way, you know, we're talking about, before we got on here, the stabbies, the turkey yep. basters, okay? Yep. The turkey basters are altering DNA. Well, okay, so I was talking to my husband about this because I was telling him about the show and we were kind of bouncing ideas off each other. And I had mentioned this to you too. And this is just a theory all, so don't go getting mad at me. Um, giant <laughs> thought, ex- it's a thought experiment. We can entertain ideas in a, as adults without saying they are fact. Okay, yes. disclaimer. So 
there is everywhere around here is hiring. I don't know about you, but like everyone has help wanted signs. Businesses are closing because they can't hire people. And it very much seems like a bunch of people up and disappeared. And then you hear about all these athletes that are um, very seemingly healthy and then dying. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So what if these Jabberwockies are targeting a specific population? Either they are targeting the people who maybe are RH negative, because sometimes RH negative are known to or are said to have more psychic abilities and things like that, or mm-hmm. or they're targeting the people who don't have those abilities and they're trying to weed them out. So they're trying to find the people who still have these traits, maybe like the Nephilim lines and things yeah. like that, yeah. to find these people on purpose. Yes. I don't know which one it is, but I can see both. I think that, of course, they're targeting but I think it's more of the latter, where they want to, just like Hitler, okay? What was he looking for? Blonde hair, blue eyes. Yep. Twins. Yep. Giants. And he wanted to exterminate everybody else. So he could create this master race. I don't think it's any different now. Because Mangala, of course, was part of the Project Paperclip or whatever. We brought him over here. We just loved him so much. And if you think that MKUltra shit and all those experiments stopped after Nazi Germany, you're dead fucking wrong. I remember remember being, heck, even as young as like sixth grade. And I was like weirdly obsessed with Mangala trying to understand how and why and like looking at some of his um cases of like twins and like why they would do this and it was just it was so bizarrely fascinating in like this weird twisted way i'm like he didn't even really learn anything that's the weird part okay that's the weird part he didn't really learn anything other than maybe some secret programs we'll never know about that are well, just mentioned in like, oh, he he definitely was part of like the MK Ultra programs and stuff like that. But, but as far as like the physical aspect of it, it was like he was just having fun. Well, like I know he like supposedly did some stuff of hypothermia, like how long can you lit, uh, last in cold water or, you know, hold your breath or things like that. But you don't need twins for that. So, and this is the weird, yeah. like, why, and have you ever heard of that village, I think it's in Argentina, the, like, the village of the twins? hmm And they try and say, oh, no, Mangala wasn't here, and I'm like, bullshit. Bull fucking shit. Bullshit. Yeah. I, I've seen, you know, these experiments with twins where, like, there's a bunch of blocks in front of them, and they can't see each other, but, you know, someone just says next or go or whatever, and they're both holding up the same thing every single time. And they're little. Right. So it's not like they can be memorizing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes one of them will, like, hold it up first, and you can, like, see the other one, like, thinking, and then hold it up. There's there's something there. Yeah, be, it's almost like they have a stream of consciousness between them. Yeah, and yeah, I, they have telepathy between the two. Yeah, he was using them kind of like conduits. Because of their weird connection with each other. Like, I'll stab this twin and see if the other one will feel it. Yeah. 
he you know did what I weird mean? shit. Yeah, he did weird shit. He did so, blood transfusions too. Yes, blood transfusions. And I think it goes back to wanting to create an empty biological vessel so these spirits could enter them. And you always hear how I dated somebody actually with sickle cell and they were uh, from Saudi Arabia. So you always hear about some weird diseases popping up and how they're, it's always like targeted around some type of a racial thing. Like uh, uh, what do they call it? Oh, they're called jiggers. Have you ever heard of them? Like the insect? They're in freaking Africa and they're eating people alive. What? Yes. There's a whole YouTube channel dedicated to this shit. And Uh they're little maggots that grow in eggs all over your body. I'm talking about you can't even see their skin anymore because they're head to toe covered in maggot eggs. And you go, like in the US, we don't have this stuff. And you almost wonder if they're manipulating some of these diseases and some of these insects to target specific groups because, uh, hello, Lyme disease? Oh, yeah. That is genetically modified as fuck. Was it Bill Gates over there? Was I think it was Bill Gates. Don't quote me on this. But somebody was talking about uh, putting pokey pokes in mosquitoes for a better delivery system. Right. And... It's not, depending upon what you're doing, it's not that hard to infect mosquitoes. No. And then if you only make, depending upon your goal, you make it so basically there's only females. Mm Mm-hmm. And if they do happen to find like a wild type mosquito male in the wild, it, it wouldn't work. Mm. All right, let me hit you with this. Are you familiar with Morgellons disease? Yes. Uh, they've recently decided that it could be linked to limes. Interesting. So, what would cause wires to grow in someone's body in big open lesions? I don't know. Maybe the same type of mosquitoes that have been genetically modified. But people have been talking about Morgellons for since like the 80s. And for those who don't know, Morgellons is like people will claim they have little red or blue and or blue fibers like coming out of their skin. They're really itchy all the time. They feel like bugs are crawling on them. Um, They'll scratch themselves and have like all these open wounds all over them. Um, Some of them are convinced there's like an implant or something but some of them you can see like actually pull these fibers out i've and, seen them mm-hmm. and Ellie, you tell me that's crazy. something that just happens naturally you tell me that's something have you seen in the the implant thing is really weird to me how a lot of them say that they've got implants and a lot of them say that they have wires and stuff growing in their skin and the crawling sensations yeah. Now they're saying it could be linked to limes, which I've always questioned. Oh, yeah. Limes have, has always been fucking weird to me. And it would be so easy to put stuff like that in mosquitoes. Everybody's outside in the summer. Everybody's, you know, 
how could this not be obvious to people that they're tampering with DNA and technology? So, two side tangents. One, have you ever heard of dengue fever? No, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Okay, so this is something that happens pretty sure in mosquitoes and like um, sub-Saharan Africa. Mm-hmm. And Africa again. It, so there's a lot of shit that comes out of Africa. A, a, a lot of shit. Okay. Yeah. So dengue fever. What's the easiest way to describe it? There's like four types of it. Okay. So A, B, C, and D. And if you get infected with A, you just kind of have a cold or B or C or D. Okay. But if you then at some point later get let's say you're infected with a at some point later on get infected with b c or d it can be almost deadly because they they like react in the body and your body goes haywire so they've been trying to make a jabberwocky for dengue fever but they're coming across the same problem of if you try and mix all these different types into one it's just killing the animals Oh, my God. Is it, like, scarlet fever? The first time, it's, like, a like a really bad flu, okay? Like, the first time you get it, no matter the type. It's when you get it again, if it's not the same type as before, you that's could when die. It, you could die. Kind of like what they're calling long COVID. Yeah, or there are certain groups of people are more likely to be consistently reinfected with COVID, even though they've had their protection of multiple Jabberwockies. Hmm. And it's been shown that those Jabberwockies are the reason that there's so many new mutations. Now think about this. Okay. We're talking about, I, I know some people, I won't say who they are, who've been Turkey basted and continue to get it. I only got it the once. Okay. Kicked it in the ass, moved on with my life, didn't get turkey basted, never got it again. Yep. I know people who have been basted, still getting it. Now they have neurological damage, their eardrums have ruptured, they still can't smell out of their nose, and they have quote-unquote bronchitis over and over and over and over and over and over again. And these are effects of what they've termed long covid is this not a red flag i don't even know because like it the only the best way i can describe it is mike's explanation of these people are so committed at this point that if they admit that the jabberwockies are the reason that they're having bronchitis and all this other stuff it will burst their bubble of belief, their personal bubble of belief, and they will have to admit that they did this to themselves. And that can be a really hard pill to swallow. Yeah, and I think that what the, even another issue on top of that is you'd have to go back in the past and look at all the other turkey basters and the diseases or whatever it was that they were trying to protect us from and look at those side effects. And that shit's really scary. Look at um um HPV. Okay. You remember Gardasil? Yep. 
I'm Jabberwocky Gardasil injured over here. I got turkey basted with the fucking Gardasil, and now it's coming out, and it's like, if you got um, basted with Gardasil in the sixth grade, you may or may not be sterile. Well, that, or PCOS, or endometriosis, POTS, like, all, Mm -hmm. all this other shit. Yeah. Did you get chicken pox as a kid? Like, actual chicken pox? No. Get this shit, though. My sister took Clomid, had all those horrible experiences. My nephew was born with chicken pox. What the fuck? Born Sorry. with chicken pox. No, let it fly. How is that? And he had all kind of health issues as a kid. He had, he couldn't hear. They had to put tubes in his ears and do all kinds of stuff. He had delayed speech because he couldn't hear. So I'm I'm telling people, like, listen to me about these big pharmaceuticals. Look at what they've done. I'm so born with chicken pox. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that one out. But like that. The whole reason I brought up chicken pox, like that, I'm gonna have to figure that one out later. Um, so chicken pox. If you actually get it naturally as a kid, because everyone now is like, oh, you know, if you've seen the CDC commercial, that's like, if you've had chicken pox, the shingles virus is already inside you. Have you seen that commercial? Yeah. And my nephew does have shingles. Okay. So I can explain why shingles is happening so much more often right now. Lay it on me. I was born in 91. I had actual chicken pox. My sister had it, you know, before us, they had regular chicken pox. And what would happen is it was actually a protective mechanism and actual chicken pox and actual measles has been shown that if you have it, you're less likely to be at risk for cancer because it's actually activates the immune system temporarily when you're little and it's actually has anti-cancer properties. These viruses do. What the fuck? So now there's Jabberwockies for measles and chicken pox. And I've already said that the COVID Jabberwockies can, are the reason that we have all these mutations. So before, when there was only regular chicken pox and people were getting it, adults would be exposed to little kids who had chicken pox. And it would be like this little immunity boost, a natural immunity boost. And so shingles was really, really rare unless you were never around small kids or never around kids who had chicken pox. Now, no one, chicken, natural chicken pox is really, really rare. Instead, what you're around are the kids who have the Jabberwocky and they can actually shed that vaccine altered, uh, oh my god i just had and that's what's causing shingles because the people who've had actual chicken pox aren't being regularly exposed and getting those immunity boosts are more likely to have shingles but it, it was never meant to work that way we messed with god's design and thought we could do better yes thank you and get this shit I just did an episode where all of these major pandemics, epidemics, plagues, black plague, all this happened. 
with certain other events that would suggest that they came from the gods. Lights okay. in the sky. A lot of reports of quote-unquote UFO activity right before a plague would break out. So if you create a problem, then somebody's got to offer a solution, right? A lot of these old diseases and stuff and plagues, and but they give us these problems. And it's like, do you want the Black Plague to break out again? You better get your turkey baster. Do you want the Justinian Plague? You better get your well, turkey baster. And so what's happened is um, a lot of times now, and this this isn't just for chicken pox and shingles, there's Hib B or Influenza B, there's a Jabberwocky for that. But the strains that are in there don't actually protect anymore. Okay. Because so- those are the strains that are circulating. The Jabberwocky created the strains that are now out there because they got rid of the natural ones. So now the strains that are out there are more deadly. Tell me that's not by design. It is. It absolutely is. But it has to do with them testing on the blood because Mm -hmm. now they're seeing what people are naturally immune to as babies. Yep. As a baby. And they're using that like, oh, okay, we can hit them with this. We can hit them with that. And we can tell them it's for chicken pox or we can tell them it's for measles and mumps or whatever. Well, so Mike and I have been going back and very slowly rewatching all the (laughs) X-Files. And man, (laughs) let me tell you. So I feel like spoiler doesn't even apply at this point because they're so old. Anyway, we just recently watched an episode where Dana apparently had a baby, but she didn't conceive it. Like, they took her eggs and they grew this, they were growing babies, apparently, in elderly women. Oh, and it wow. was it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. But in one of the episodes prior, they showed this underground storage, whatever, of just all these filing cabinets. And they had little DNA samples and people's names and shit like that, right? And Mike was like, if you don't think they're doing that now with the newborn screening cards and everything else, you're you're crazy. You're crazy. And then the, and then the 23andMe and the Ancestry.com. And then you throw on Facebook and Instagram and we're telling the government where we're at all the time and they have our blood. And then... We'll donate to the American Red Cross and they can test us there. And I don't even know. Listen, I've never given blood. And it's not because I'm an asshole. It's just because I think that there's no reason for people to be giving this amount of blood. Okay. I think that they're using like 50% of it for what they're saying they're using it for. And the other donations are going somewhere else along with plasma and everything else. I think that this, it's like a 50, 50 split. So I used to donate blood and I used to donate blood because I had open heart surgery as a baby and without it, I'd be dead. Mm -hmm. So I thought I was doing the right thing. And my parents were telling me how they had people that they knew who were in monogamous relationships donate blood because that was when uh, HIV was starting to come out and they weren't always screening for it and it wasn't reliable. So my parents had people that they knew donate. So 
the American Red Cross or whoever, the hospital didn't go out and get the blood. Yeah, they had to test it, but my, my parents had already asked like very detailed questions. Mm-hmm. So then the insurance company charged my parents for having to draw the blood. They charged them when they got tested at the center. And then because I didn't use all the blood, they then tried to charge my parents for that too. And then they charged them because the hospital had to retest the blood. Like it was a racket. These people donated for my surgery specifically to me. And they were charging my parents back in 92, 50 bucks a bag each time. So if they would have went to a donation center though, it would have just been fine. But because your parents picked them out, they were they had a bug up their ass like oh you didn't want our donated blood yeah and now if you asked uh has this person had any recent jabberwockies like let's say you needed surgery and you didn't have the time to auto donate which is you put your own blood aside and they use it for your surgery um and maybe you're in a trauma or whatever if you ask, hey, has this been screened for recent uh, Jabberwockies, they won't tell you. So people now are having these traumas, getting blood with things in there that maybe wasn't in there They're prior to 2020. Blood. They're getting basted blood. And then they're having issues. They're clotting and they're having all the issues as if they were basted. Oh, oh my God. Fuck me. Oh, I I haven't told you about golden blood yet. Which is? Okay, so you know like there's A, B, O, and then A, B, blood, right? And then then there's... And then the negatives, and then each of those are negative and positive. So everyone's all like, oh, there's only eight blood types. I learned there's actually 61 other antigens or proteins that can be tested for in blood apparently there's 50 people in the world that have rh null n-u-l-l blood where they have no antigens and they can donate to anyone but they can only receive blood from like the 50 other people in the world and it was first found in an Australian Aboriginal woman in the 1960s. Again, 1960s. In an Aboriginal yep. woman in Australia. They have dark skin. Yep. Okay. Um. Now, see, this is what I'm talking about, people with the targeting. Yeah. 50 people in the world have this. Supposedly. Wow. Like apparently prior to this, it was just a theory and they didn't think that people would be able to survive. But in 1961, they magically found this Australian Aboriginal woman. In the 1960s. In 1961. 1960s is getting really shady here. Oh, it's always been shady. Newborn screening. Yeah, now it's... But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this newborn screening is across the world. It's not just the U.S. And e- even different countries, they hold it for at least two years. Suppo- at least two years. All right. My 
father-in-law has some kind of a weird DNA. Okay. That they call him from the hospital when preemies are born because he has some kind of weird DNA that only he can give to preemies because he's never been exposed to some type of something virus or something like he's his he never contracted something that would kill preemies so anytime there's a preemie at the hospital if it needs blood or something they call him he must also be o negative probably because o negatives are universal donors and i've heard of people who are o negative who like get harassed by the American Red Cross and other and like hospitals and things like that because they can donate to anyone. And on the surface, it seems very altruistic. Like, oh, they're a universal donor in case something really bad happens. Like, you know, but there's there's something else to it. How vehemently they go after these people. It just it doesn't fit. Do we do we have a category for how many people who are O negative are of a certain race? Um, can we Google it? I, we can Google that. I, I would just like to see if it's predominantly a certain race. So, what do you? What's your theory? While I look this up. African Americans higher. All right. Most common blood types by ethnicity. African American 47% O positive or sorry, yeah, O positive, 24% A positive and 18% B positive. Most rare blood types by ethnicity. 0.3% are AB negative, 1% is B negative, and 2% are A negative. So it's not even listing O negative. Wow. Let me, see if I can, let me see if I can find something else. It, it was just happened to be the first one that I, no, yeah, that I clicked on. No, yeah, I just on. think it's interesting. I think it's interesting because of, like, going back to the sickle cell thing. And it's yeah. not got anything to do with, like, you know how they say gingers are mutants? Yeah, I've heard that. Now, where's this mutated DNA coming from? Maybe these elongated skull motherfuckers with the red hair? I had someone say, like, they think the blonde hair, blue-eyed race were, like, the progenitor race or whatever. I say, uh-uh. Nope. That don't happen in nature. The red hair and the blonde and the blue eyes, they're mutants. You think so? I think so. And they straight up will tell you gingers are mutants. I have heard that. Have you heard that depending upon your blood type, like you should eat a certain way? For real? Yeah. Like there's, um, you can Google it. Like if you're, you type in your blood type and then just type the word diet afterwards. It was interesting because I forget what my husband is right now, but we had mentioned it to a naturopath and she's like, oh, let me guess. You don't like chicken. Like it doesn't sit well with you. And he's like, actually, it really doesn't. So, yeah. Wow. 
So Maybe that's a fun like rabbit hole to go down too. Drawn to certain foods, if you're certain blood types, you're just kind of drawn to them. Mine must be a big filet mignon. Blood I love. Now, how do you cook it, though? How do you cook it? Medium rare. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. You know, all the royals have some kind, some type of hemophilia too. Yeah, and that's inherited too. With so, all right, o, po- o positive is the most common blood type present in thirty-seven percent of the U.S. population. More Hispanic people possess O, while Asian people are more likely to be BB. Um, BB? No, 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 like are more likely to have type B blood. Oh, have type B. Yeah. It's really weird. Like, you would think, I don't know, it's, I literally typed in, like, blood type by race and things like that, and it's not as easy to find as you would think. They're going to cancel you for Googling it. I know, right? Okay, okay. O negative. African-American, 4%. Asian, 1%. Caucasian, 8%. And Latin American, 4%. So Caucasians are actually the more likely to be O-negative. Mmm. Interesting. And, and for the rarest blood type, which is AB-negative, Caucasians are also m- m- the most likely at 1%. Again... I think we have designer DNA. Like they, if you were going to make like a dog smaller, you choose the smallest dog from the litter and then you choose the other smallest dog from another litter and keep breeding them until they have health problems and all kinds of shit, right? But you get that designer look that you want. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Gattaca? Mm-mm. Okay. So it's an older movie. It's a play on the four uh, amino acids in DNA, which are A, C, T, and G. So it spells out Gattaca if you put it together. Mm -hmm. And it's all about how you had to register by your DNA, and that's how you were tracked. And based on your genetic susceptibility to things, you were assigned certain jobs. So if you had a certain risk of cancer, you couldn't be a doctor because you'd be more likely to die and didn't want to waste the training on you. Okay? Fuck. So there was this very rich guy who, if I remember correctly, y'all should just go watch the movie. Basically, he somehow wasn't a part of this DNA thing. And, like, he was in a really bad accident right before it happened. Like a ski accident or something. And so then he never registered and he had enough money that he just, it didn't matter to him. And then there was this guy who... He wanted to do this job, but because of his genes, they wouldn't let him. And so the guy who was paralyzed, the paralyzed rich guy, basically gave his DNA, like would give samples so this guy could be a doctor or whatever. But it focuses on society and how society works if you're based on certain genetic assumptions. Like there's people who have genes for cancer, but that doesn't mean you're going to get cancer. Wow. Think about that. I think that the elites think like that, though. They don't oh, care yeah. about race. They don't care. No. About, I wish people would get that out of their head. They don't care about race. They care about pedigree. And yes. you get your pedigree from the blood. Yeah. 
Yeah, and every once in a while they have to bring someone in who's not new, like they're still in the pedigree, but far enough off because to your point, the hemophiliacs and things like that, that was getting too common. That Habsburg jaw. They were coming out like cyclopses and shit. Or they were or they were really sickly. Yeah. And the ones that were really sickly, they would just lock in an insane asylum or something. Well, that was like the, the last czars of Russia, Tsar Nicholas and things like that. Like the youngest Alexei had hemophilia, but they didn't tell anyone. Mm. And they all trace their bloodlines back to Vlad the Impaler, who's like the first vampire and drank blood. Now, people can say that's just the fairy tale. But is it a fairy tale? Because they have a way of taking real life, true events and, and making them fantastical. So you don't actually know what's going on, especially with bloodlines. Well, but they're talking about now, right now, talking about how if you take blood from like babies and inject it into the elderly, how it improves their mind and all this other stuff. And if you do the reverse, whether in humans or animals, those young, let's we'll call them mice because I we're gonna I need blinders on for a second that they wouldn't do this to kids in reverse. So we're gonna pretend it's mice for a second. <laughs> and uh, you know, these baby mice would develop diseases or arthritis or dementia or things like that because of old blood. So there's absolutely something to the blood. They're still doing it today, right now wow shit can you be injected with blood like that and die probably i mean but it's not just the blood you've heard what they do to foreskins Mm -hmm. right and like the umbilical cord blood and placentas and yeah if you guys think that you know the, the, the women who've had kids your placenta isn't medical waste your baby's cord blood isn't medical waste they take it and they sell it for thousands, sometimes ten thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to have a home birth. Yep. And whatever I decide to do with it is my business. Yeah. Yeah. There's been women who are like, well, I just want to take it home and like plant it under a tree or whatever. It was part of my body. I want it. Mm-hmm. It's like an like, organ. It's an organ. You literally give birth to a whole organ. It's like giving birth to a kidney or something. Yeah. I would want that. You don't want to just sold on the black market. No. I do think they are selling stuff like that on the black market, though. 100%. Not just organs, but uh, the Shriners hospitals are all linked in with the Masons and stuff. Whatever they're pulling out of these kids, they're selling all of that stuff. What? No, it, so at one point, the Shriners were offered to help me to, like, get, like, a prosthetic or do surgery on my left arm. And it's these things that I'm sure if you're at the lower level seem very altruistic, but behind the scenes, it's really not. Well, the kid still gets a life-changing surgery, which is fantastic for them, but they pulled something out of the kid during surgery that they then sell. And you never know anything about it. Just like when you go in to have a hysterectomy or something, you don't think like your whole uterus or your ovaries, like that's not valuable. Well, so have you ever heard the story of Henrietta Lacks? Oh, shit. It sounds familiar. Okay. So there's a very common cell line used in biology called HeLa cells, H-E-L-A. 
So you can guess where they come from. They came from this woman named Henrietta Lacks. She was an African-American woman who had, I believe, it was cervical cancer. And so at one point during one of these exams, they took some of her cells, like a pap smear type thing, and they started using them because, because cancer cells never die. That's what makes them cancer. They're really great to be used in biology because they just continue to grow. Normal cells, they, they don't. Mm-hmm. So they took them and they never told her, her or her family. And I forget exactly now how the family found out, um, but they tried suing for basically rights to the cells. And I think they lost. There's a book called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. And it was a really fascinating study about how these doctors can take your DNA, your cells, your organs, and they can do whatever they want with them. Didn't she have some kind of weird thing, though, with hers that would, like, eat people alive? It was a really aggressive form of cancer. Okay, that must be what it was then. Like, it, it was a fairly aggressive form of cancer. But, yeah, when the family found out, they were just like, yeah, sorry. Like, and the pharmaceutical companies have made trillions of dollars on this cell line. And they wouldn't give anything oh, to the family. Shit. And this also happened, if I'm remembering correctly, in like the 60s or 70s. Of course. Right? Of course. There, there's, there's clearly a theme going on here. Now, I know that they're getting us with the food we eat. I know yep. they're getting us with the water we drink and pour yep. on ourselves in the shower. I know yes. they're getting us with the chemicals in the pharmaceuticals and in the cosmetics. Yes, yes. Yeah, I know they're getting us even with shampoo, makeup, any of that stuff. The cleaning products, your perfumes, anything you put on your body, deodorants, yep. Endocrine disruptors. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if we take that into consideration, why do you think, okay, here, let me put it in another way. We've acknowledged that there's GMO foods. We've, we've, acknowledge that they're tampering with this stuff to make cotton candy flavored grapes or whatever it is that they're trying to do why would they not do that with the turkey baster right if they I, can... I mean it's pretty simple ellie so if a fruit or vegetable doesn't have seeds right inside it can't flower and create other more seeds to create fruit. more fruit right mm-hmm. if they can do that with a vegetable and make seedless cucumbers or seedless grapes, you're insane if you don't think that they can do that to you. Whether it's through your food or through pokey pokes or whatever other term, I'm sure there's a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. They're already making our food sterile. Of course they can make you sterile. Among other things? Yeah, among other things. So there's this blood-brain barrier where most drugs... Not all, but a lot of drugs can't get past it. Um, A lot of viruses and bacteria can't get past it. And if it can, it has to be extremely, extremely small. Your brain has this natural protective mechanism around it. And so for something to cross the blood-brain barrier, it is a very big deal. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these things do. You know, there's a reason that God made our bodies like this. Mm Mm-hmm. And our bodies can do a lot of amazing things just on their own. Yep. I'm not saying that 
for an example, if you were in a car accident or something like that, like you've been in a car accident, you were hit by a car while you were walking down the street. Yep. Surgery is required. Yeah. I'm not an idiot about stuff like that, you know? It's yeah, just yeah. Of these preventative things, you know? I want to prevent this or I want to prevent that. Well, why are you so scared about it that you have to go to these lengths? So I feel like that is a really great point. And I've probably mentioned this on I don't know how many episodes. So I talk about just the inserts.com all the time. I'm not affiliated. I just think it's a fabulous account. And they're also on Instagram. And one of the things was if you're going to get a prescription of any sort or a pokey poke or whatever, or a medical test, you're going to get a, a CT scan with contrast, look at the potential risks and do those risks outweigh the benefits. Mm-hmm. Or do benefits outweigh the risks? Because in some cases, they're not going to. And the problem is, they're, these doctors, 99% of the time, are not going to tell you all the risks. They don't have time. They don't understand informed consent. Nor do they care. It's just, this is the easiest solution. It is much easier to tell someone who's overweight here's a pill or here, let me go staple your stomach to make it smaller than to tell them you need to go walk and exercise and stop eating junk food every day. Because people don't want to do that. Fix yourself spiritually as well. with Yeah. But people don't want to do that. They want to just pills. Give me the pills. Give me the pills. I want the quick fix. Well, think about this. How many drugs have they discovered that do something else because they were working on it for another reason. You know, yeah. the eyelash grower, the Latisse, that was supposed to be like a cataracts medication. And now women are just painting it all over their fucking eyelids to grow their eyelashes. And God only knows what that's going to cause. Blindness. I've heard well, blindness. You, you don't know. You, and that's the thing is... To your point, Western medicine has a time and place, okay? Mm-hmm. Has there been times that I've been, had a really bad headache and I've tried homeopathy and herbs and oils and so, like all, all the things, right? And this headache is not going away and have I popped some leave? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Now, do I do it on a regular basis? Nope. Right. So there's a time and a place for things. Yeah, sometimes I- you just need a nap. Sometimes you just need naps. Sometimes you need to drink more water. But when I've exhausted everything I know how to do, and I'm I, I'm not functional, and I know that if I just take that a leave, I can be then functional throughout the day, I'm going to do it. Same. Now, if it's happening every day or multiple times a week, I'd probably want to look into the root cause of why that's happening. Mm-hmm. So, but in my, in that instance, for me, the benefit of taking the leave once outweigh the risks Mm -hmm. now if i was taking you know six leave every day different story why don't you look this one up it's a new drug oh lord all right it's called olympic or maybe olympics with an x for weight loss oh uh, ozempic ozempic is that what it is? O-Z-E-M-P-I-C? Yes, you inject it. So, 
I've been hearing horror stories about this. You know what they're using it for? It was a fucking diabetes medication that they've turned into a new alternative to fentramine. Because fentramine is so scary. I've never heard of fentramine. Um, it's like what you used to get, like, Jennifer Aniston crackhead skinny back in the 90s. Oh. And it was causing, like, heart problems, and people were dying of, like, weird heart attacks, strokes, and brain aneurysms, and everything else. And people got scared of fentramine. So now that they're trying to put another alternative on the table, you can now inject yourself with a diabetes medication that just so happens to take your entire appetite away and helps you lose weight. People. So you call me the science nerd in the beginning and I fully mm-hmm. embrace that title. So <laughs> I had to look up. I was like, all right, I'm just going to Google the package insert and see like, what are some of the warnings, precautions, adverse effects of this specific drug? Thyroid C-cell tumors. Mm. Uh, pancreatitis. Oh. Diabetic retinopathy. Yay. Hypoglycemia. My favorite. With, uh, it's used in combination with insulin. Acute kidney injury. Nice. Uh, anaphylaxis. Perfect. And this is totally normal. This is okay. This is like. This is what they'd say real fast at the end of the commercials. It's, yeah. You know, they'll have someone running down a beach and the, all this. And then at the end, they're like, may cause you to spray out your ass and vomit chunks and your heart explode and your asshole pop out of your fucking butt and all this stuff. But they say it so fast, you don't even comprehend what's being said to you that you may have for an instance less acid reflux but so as a side effect your stomach could just completely dissolve so i i i love the pregnancy sections of inserts because it's unethical to actually test on pregnant women anything so they only gain their data if a pregnant woman happens to take a drug and then submit if they have an adverse reaction submits it to the pharmaceutical company and then they track it so any pregnant woman who takes any type of drug you are part of an experiment congratulations so the pregnancy section of every insert is really freaking interesting um And I'm just going to read a couple sentences. Based on anabole reproduction studies, there may be potential risk to the fetus from exposure to this during pregnancy. It should only be used if potential, it should only be used during pregnancy if the potential benefit justifies the potential risk to the fetus. Potential risks to the fetus include lack of organs. I'm putting this in layman's terms. um, The baby dying. Structural abnormalities and alterations to growth. So basically they don't get enough of human growth hormone. Marked maternal body weight loss. And the estimated background risk for major birth defects is 6 to 10% in women with pregestational diabetes. This is just... It alters the genetics. Yeah. 
And they're just basically saying, well, if a pregnant woman has poorly controlled diabetes, the baby could die anyway, so we should just give them this. Well, no. Why don't we teach women how to properly eat? Mm-hmm. I came across um, an account. It's like Lily Nichols RDN. She has this book that I want to get called Real Food for Pregnancy. She has like a cookbook, um, like how to cook meals and explains like how we actually need all these nutrients. And But people don't talk about this. If you went to your OBGYN, they're not going to tell you this. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, if you get gestational diabetes, it's eat some salads and you'll be fine. And don't even get me started on the blood sugar testing drink that they make pregnant women drink it literally has flame retardant in it okay what yes because that's good for the baby right hey let's talk about this formula it's bullshit oh my god full of it's sugar. so bad it's so bad so awful it's got all kinds of chemicals and synthetics in it and i for one as an infant, my mom was like, I'm not breastfeeding. I don't want to do all that. I got the formula. Whatever one she had me on, I projectile vomited constantly and just sprayed out my ass and I couldn't gain weight. And I was like a sickly, skinny, little scrawny turd baby. Mm-hmm. And so she had to put me on all soy formula. We all know what soy does to people. Yep. And maybe I didn't puke it. But now as an adult, I have chronic acid reflux. I get weird shit happen to me when I have dairy products. Um, I have skin disorders. I have weird, like I can barely ever grow my hair, all this stuff. And I blame formula because that's like getting, that's like eating Cheeto puffs for fucking years until you're able to consume what baby food which is also full of sugar and synthetic crap and lead and metal Mm -hmm. so i that made me remember something now i want to go ask my mom more so i remember because of my heart surgery and all this other stuff um apparently i was very sensitive to a lot of different formulas and they could only, I could only drink this one specific formula and it came in pre-made bottles and like these little four ounce or whatever. Did um, it stink to high heaven? She never said. Okay. But this is, this is what I find interesting is apparently it was really, really expensive and our insurance wouldn't cover it, but somehow it, like someone at the hospital pulled some strings or something and it was just magically delivered to our house for free the entire time I was a baby. Oh, what? I don't know. Now I have questions. Now, like, I have questions. Yes. Ask her what brand it was because my sister with the chicken pox baby. Which, yeah, that's still weird. Who had all those health issues. Yeah. He had to have pre-digested formula. And she said it stunk so fucking bad she could barely prepare it. So... I just saw this thing on this Instagram account. This woman's in Canada. I have no idea if it's true. Okay. So I'm going to preface that right now. I have no idea if it's true. But supposedly she was told um, they don't give formula to preemies. And when she asked why, the answer was it could kill them. What? That's all I know. It was a very short reel. All I know is she's in Canada. I have no idea if it's true, but I was like, what the fuck? 
Because it's full of poison. It's full of poison. Well, that's like the the insured drinks that they give you in the hospitals are supposedly so great. The first ingredient is like high fructose corn syrup solids. Those wow. The food they feed you in hospitals is not nourishing at all. It is full of junk and chemicals and sugar and processed GMO shit. Mm -hmm. Like hospital food is, you could probably eat better at McDonald's. Wow. I always stress the importance of intermittent fasting to people. I intermittent fast. I think that it's done wonders for me personally because fasting is healing you're not like taking in food constantly you know you're giving your body kind of like a rest period in between so so you can kind of purge out you know i've heard and there's conflicting advice on everything right i've heard that women of childbearing age in particular shouldn't do it all that much or for extended periods of time because it can apparently mess with our hormones. And if you do it, like, you should only do it a certain part of your cycle. Like, you should never, like, do it when you're on your period or things like that. Because it messes with your hormones. Interesting. But, like, for men, because they don't go through the same frequent hormone cycles as women, it's okay. It's it's more okay. Mm-hmm. So, I haven't done a ton of research into it. I've just, I've seen it that alternate sense, point though. of view. So. It makes sense, though, because you are hungrier and you are needing more when you're on your cycle. Yeah. And if you think about it, our bodies. So what I basically remember is your body is creating that uterine lining, that really nutrient rich lining. So you need all this food to create this nutrient rich lining in case a baby forms there. So. If you fast during that time, you don't create a healthy uterine wall. Wow. And if you try and fast when you're bleeding, that's also not great. So I think it, like, I would just proceed with caution with that. Mm-hmm. Not telling you not to do it. I'm just saying. No, it makes sense. And I love hearing new information. I always love hearing new information. Because I always go back to how can you be in honor of yourself in your body's natural processes and they've made it so easy for people to consume that now people are going the other way and they don't want to eat anything because everything's full of poison and you're some you have to be somewhere in the middle because you have to eat not everyone can grow their own food and you're scared to death of what might be in your food because everything yeah. is processed. Well, and if you have a home-cooked meal, let's say spaghetti and meatballs, okay? So you can order that at a restaurant or make it at home or even a burger. The burger that you make at home, even if it's the exact same size as a restaurant, is going to be more filling because you know where those things come from and you're taking the time to cook it. Mm-hmm. Whereas restaurant food, very rarely, unless you're paying top dollar, is high quality food. Yeah, and, and then so sprinkle that shit all over it. That what is it? MSG? Yeah, and so the calories may be the same, 
between a burger at home and a burger at a restaurant, but the nutrients are so vastly different. And so you may get through half to three quarters of the burger at home and be like, man, I'm full. Whereas at a restaurant, you can eat a burger and fries and a hot fudge sundae afterwards. And you're like, yeah, I could eat something else. Let's go for a beer. Because mm-hmm. the nutrients are so wildly different. Your body craves nutrition and nutrients. Mm-hmm. That is, and you can taste the love. You know, like when somebody prepares a meal for you, mm-hmm. it's totally different. We eat on the go a lot. Yep. As a society, we're like, what's the fastest way I can shove like a something down my throat, a five-layer burrito, whatever, down my throat, down my gullet, so I don't fucking die. Yeah. The smell, think of this. You ever been like driving down the street and you're like, what the fuck is that smell? And then you get close and it's like a Burger King or something Mm -hmm. and Carl's Jr. on the corner. You're eating that, people. You're eating that shit smell. It smells like death and disease. Yeah. And rotting flesh and putrid, nasty spit. That's what scares me so much is like, what is causing these places to stink like that? And then when you eat Taco Bell, like you don't have a normal, this is my BTMI, but you're not having normal shits after that. You're not having, like, gas and, like, weird, nasty fucking Taco Bell shits. Like, it has, like, its own different... So, it's because you just ate a bunch of poison is what you did. I don't even know if it's real. It's probably, like, human meat. It probably... Or that fake plant shit now. Have you seen those with 3D printed steaks and shit? That's wonderful. Eat that. (laughs) Have you ever smelled a fart of someone who ate a Beyond Meat bowl from Cadoba? No, that's a very specific question, but no. <laughs> oh my god, Ellie. This is not normal farts. This is like, it doesn't even, it goes from your mouth straight down your gullet into your stomach and goes straight out of your poop hole. Like, these are deadly farts. So... There are certain nutrients only found in animal meat. So they've actually shown that women who are vegan and vegetarian, but mostly vegan, if they're not eating properly while pregnant, their placentas tend to be very small and not as nutrient rich. And that's what's feeding the baby. And then the kids of women who are vegetarian and vegan often will have a lot of dental problems because they're not getting vitamin D and things like that. So vitamin D and vitamin K are really important for your teeth formation. So baby teeth in these kids would just like fall out or crumble. And they've shown that a vegetarian, and everyone defines vegetarian different, right? But specifically a vegan diet and depending upon vegetarian, if it's not nutritionally complete, is actually really damaging to not only you, but your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or the baby. Yes. I try to eat eggs. I try to eat steaks. I eat, I'm not a huge chicken person, but I love seafood. And, you know, I just, I tried the vegetarian thing. I mean, that's cool and all, but I just felt sick. Yep. I've, I've honestly never tried it. Um, I like cows too much. 
Yes, I do too. I'm a big, like, I love hamburger and yep. steaks and all variations of beef. But there are, there are times that I'm like, and this is probably TMI, and my husband will know, I'll be like, we're having ground beef or we're having beef for the next like four days. Mm-hmm. And it'll be when I'm on my period. Yeah, same. Like, and he, like, he'll know just by that because I'll be consuming a crazy amount of red meat. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense. Like, if you listen to what your body really wants, it'll tell you. Isn't that the craziest thing, too? How God just made us perfectly in order with ourselves. But another thing that I think is playing into the whole DNA thing is generations of kids years from now. What do you think they're going to be like health-wise with the pollution of our food supply? It's going to depend how they were raised. Pregnant women, Ellie, eating this taco meat and stuff. So I can actually tell you exactly what happens because it's already been done. So there's a there's a dentist who went and traveled. Oh, it was either Africa or like South America. Anyway, his name is Weston A. Price. And he noticed. Uh, so we'll have the grandparents, the parents, and the kids. So the grandparents ate a diet that they, that there was indigenous to their culture. So they didn't have processed sugars. They didn't have any type of Western diet food. They had very large, wide mouths. They didn't have to have their wisdom teeth out. Their teeth were bright white. They were straight. These people didn't, like, brush their teeth a lot. Think very rural um, mm-hmm. indigenous people, okay? And their children, so the parents, had started to do a maybe like a half and half of they started incorporating things into the Western diet and they were okay, but their kids. So the grandkids, they were now having cavities. They were, their mouths were smaller. Their arches were smaller. They were having mouth breathing problems and snoring and tongue ties and lip ties and all this other stuff because they were eating a Westernized diet. So in two generations, these kids' faces were changing. Oh, shit. Now let me bring this up to you. I just had a whole conversation with New York Patriot about the Order of Quetzalcoatl, and we talked about some of these indigenous peoples and the Mormons. Now the Mormons are, in my opinion, up to some shit But they don't do any processed anything. They grow their own food. They don't drink any coffee or caffeine or pop. They don't have any of that. I I don't even think that they have vaccines. Nothing. It's kind of like... I think it depends. And a lot of them don't eat chocolate either. Right. Anything with like sugar or processed ingredients. No coffee. None of that. Because they understand about something that we are totally in the dark about. That's why the Mormons, and they have tours where you can go around the pyramid in Mexico, just like the Quetzalcoatl, they make a pilgrimage to this pyramid and they walk it, just like the followers of Quetzalcoatl, the Mormons do. They know some shit about 
DNA, they know some shit about genetics, they know some shit about spirituality, that's an occult secret. Yeah, they are. The Amish too, by the way. The Amish, um, depending upon how uh, conservative they are, Mennonites, Mennonites are very similar to Amish in a lot of ways. Saudi Arabians, all of the all of the Muslim religions, they eat halal meat, which is blessed, kind of like kosher. Yep. Yeah. It... We are the only civilization, pretty much, who's eating poison every day, and have well, no like guidelines for ourselves. Like this, well, if you just look at the, what the FDA approves versus. Uh, like Europe, the same organization, it's totally different. Like McDonald's French fries in Europe are not the same McDonald's French fries here, or ketchup, or makeup, or whatever. Like there's shit that the U.S. that Europe bans that the U.S. is like, yeah, I can put that in there. Mm-hmm. The FDA doesn't you give know, a shit. They're stricter on dog food than they are people food. There's certain things that they have to label on the bag for dog food, and it has to pass all these tests and stuff to be able to feed it to dogs but our food is not even remotely held close to that type of scrutiny not even fucking close that's why i always say be careful because you think you're eating beyond meat whatever you're eating this stuff and you think you're eating something wholesome and you're eating cheeto puffs they're empty it's just empty what you're eating well, I okay. Really, really simple. You could have a dinner plate, right? Twice mm-hmm. the size of my head, and you could fill it up with a bunch of raw vegetables, and you're and eat it, and you may be full for twenty minutes, uh, but then you're gonna get hungry again. Whereas you have a piece of steak that's this big, maybe a little bigger, depending upon the size of your stomach, and you'll probably be full for a good couple hours. If not the rest of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I ate Outback Steakhouse the other night, and I had a filet, a lobster tail, and a little bit of mashed potatoes. That's all I ate all day. Yeah. I was stuffed. I was fucking stuffed. Not saying that you need to, like, go out and have steak every night or something. But no, people, no, no. You can, there are, there are affordable ways to get protein in your diet. You can eat those organic cage-free eggs or the free-range eggs. Or go to your local farmer. Go in and with a couple people and get half a cow. A butcher. Like, mm-hmm. Go to a butcher. Like, it's, it's possible. Is it an investment up front? Yeah. But it actually ends up costing you less per pound. Um, And costing you less with health issues. Yeah. So a really simple way of putting it is you can either invest in your food and your wellness. So, you know, different supplements and taking care of yourself and mental and spiritual and physical well-being. Or you're going to be paying a doctor. Mm -hmm. It's your choice. Think of how many pharmaceuticals people are on just for diet alone. Diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol. Uh, They're, you know, pushing pills on us because of our diet alone. Yeah. God gave us everything we need in our body and in nature to be fully sustained 
and healthy, but we've lost that. And I'm not saying you can't have wine or whatever. Sometimes you can imbibe. That's not the issue. If you're an alcoholic, that's different. What we've done as a society is we don't eat anything at all healthy ever except once in a while. And we eat crap all the time. That's like being an alcoholic. It just looks different. That's like saying, it's a really good example because those who try to eat healthy, and I've been accused of this because I'm really careful for a variety of reasons of what I eat. Oh, you're just on a diet. No, I'm not on a diet. I'm just eating healthy because I want to feel good. Mm -hmm. It is Mm -hmm. nothing about losing weight or anything like that. But that's, that, that becomes the accusation is if you're eating healthy, you must be on a diet. Or you're a pompous ass or something like, oh, you think you're better than me because you eat all organic? No, that person probably just really values themselves and what they're putting into their body because that you are what you eat thing. Yeah. It goes on all fronts because we're called consumers for a reason. What you consume via food programming on tv the sports you watch everything you do you're consuming something you're consuming so they take advantage of that in every way that's why there's taco bell commercials and burger king commercials and this and that oh that's the thing that i wanted to bring up we're gonna go back to sickle cell disease for a second do it we're we're gonna give the listeners whiplash it's great okay so (laughs) My husband and I were watching Hulu. We don't have cable. So, like, if we see commercials, it's because we're watching Hulu. And I started noticing this commercial for a new sickle cell treatment. This new sickle cell medication. And it's still, it's not even fully FDA approved yet. It's, like, still in trials. But they're putting commercials out for it, which was the first thing that I found really weird. The second thing that I found really weird was that it was being used um, because sickle cell, people with sickle cell, they can clot really easily. Right? So this all started about nine months ago. All these commercials coming Fuck out. off. To my point of sickle cell is very much predominantly in African-American populations because of the malaria thing and whatever. They were showing a variety of races in this commercial. And I looked at Mike and I was like, that's not how sickle cell works. Yeah, white people can't get sickle cell. White, like, that's that's not how this works. No. And. But don't yeah. say that, Ellie, you'll get canceled because oh. white people can't get sickle cell. But like, Isn't that so crazy? This drug that is not fully FDA approved. It is the equivalent of an EUA, which <clears throat> which is what the Jabberwockies still are. Um, mm-hmm. Has a commercial out that also happens to potentially treat blood clots. I'll let y'all do some deductive reasoning and put it on your own thinking caps on that one. And think of that, the coagula. They've always done this shit with blood in movies, which is part of the whole I Am Legend with Will Smith trying out a new cancer drug. And it just so happens to mess with you and and cause you to become vampires, pretty much. They don't come out in the daylight and they need raw flesh. 
that was like the TV show. I think it was on TNT called The Last Ship. Mm. And that's a wild TV show. It. I don't think they're still doing seasons of it. Um, and I haven't seen it all the way through. But basically there was this Navy ship on an expedition to the Arctic. And they were on orders that they couldn't um, contact with the outside world because they were trying to find some primordial virus. And by the time, and they were gone for like nine months or some shit. And so when they finally got back in contact with the real world, basically people were dying and like world was going to shit. And yeah, that's a wild series to. I want to throw a few things out and get your thoughts and opinions on them because I had someone send me something about the binary code. Okay. And DNA. Okay. And there, she had a coin that had like a binary code on it and to me all i saw was the eight you know the dna strand kind of looks like an eight kind of yeah it's like a double helix okay right and that's god's code that's god creation you know dna and we always talk about how they use the eight a lot in a lot of these occult type situations things happening on eights so you know, it would be like them to try to corrupt every piece of God's creation. And I think that's why they use eight, the infinity symbol to be type like a binary to show DNA. And when the black plague broke out, the people said that they saw figures, cloaked figures roaming around wheat fields with spraying mists and carrying sickles and so it's just odd to me with a designer virus or designer disease like sickle cell that even down to our basic dna they can alter things and corrupt things and this is their main goal is to to take your DNA that's perfect from God and distort it. And I'm not saying if you have sickle cell that you're a demon or anything, no, but no, I'm no. saying they're trying to corrupt that perfect DNA. So you're I don't know. if you think about how much information our DNA stores to make a human, right? It's we're amazingly complex. Mm-hmm. And there's been talk of, and I, and I forget the exact number, so I'm going to make up something, but you could basically fit like the whole library or some shit on one chromosome or whatever, mm-hmm. because we can, our DNA can hold so much information. So there's been talk of putting certain information into DNA. And I think they were going to use the binary code to do it, if I remember correctly. So but I also know that there's been talk of by certain nations of designer viruses. Like, okay, we're gonna, I don't know, we, we don't like the Uyghurs, so we're gonna go after them. Or we don't like the Cherokee Native Americans, so we're gonna go after them. That's or we exactly don't... what I'm talking about. And like, with these newborn screening cards in the 23andMe and all this other shit, if you don't think they know how to do that, they absolutely do. They absolutely do. 
they're making it a thing now because the reason, and I should have brought it up in the episode about that I, you should listen to it, The Boy in the Box. Yeah. They're saying how DNA, these Ancestry.coms and these 23andMe's are like their, our savior because they're able to solve so many cold cases based off of uh, genealogy and finding out who these people are based on their genetic whatever. And it's just like them to create the problem and then offer the solution. Now everybody's going to be like, well, we all should put our DNA in a database because there's so many murderers and people out here and unidentified bodies and unidentified serial killers. And they've created this problem. And now that they can offer the solution, everybody's going to be on board with it. Well, of course. And if when this whole thing got started in the 60s, maybe the preservation wasn't so great right so who was the target population for 23andme and ancestry.com wasn't people our age it was our parents and our grandparents you know the, maybe the people who were born before 1916 so they never had the newborn screening card oh and so yeah. they didn't get they didn't get a lot of pokey pokes right or our parents who didn't get a lot of pokey pokes um and maybe they were born before that or like, and so the, this group that's still alive that they didn't have this for, how do we create something that's going to make them want to put it in? Mm. Well, everyone wants to know where they came from. That's a problem. That's a fucking problem. And it's a sick game to them to look at the DNA from like our great, great grandparents or our grandparents or even our parents. And look how it's gotten to today. Like, oh, look. They think they're Picasso or something with the DNA. Like, look at even six generations ago, what we've done to corrupt the DNA over this amount of time. And you hear about new diseases or kids getting diseases younger and younger and younger and childhood obesity is now a thing and really rare childhood cancers and Mm -hmm. autism and adhd and yeah and what is the variable that's changing in this situation people what is the very so okay to be fair there's multiples Right. It's, so, it's the foods changing. There, it's the pokey pokes. It's there's so many. It's like layers. Yeah. But you can pinpoint food, water, hormones, turkey basters. Our parents, our grandparents, they didn't get Gardasil. Okay. Have you looked at like your grandparents' pictures, especially the men? Like just. Do the men for a second. Like your grandparents or your great grandparents' pictures versus guys today. It's completely different. It's completely different. Like our, my like great grandparents, my like my papa, he had like this very square chiseled jaw and like he looked very like um grizzly. Well, either grizzly or just like this very classically handsome and like all these different things, right? I couldn't find a guy alive today that looks like that. Mm-mm. And that's only in one generation. Think about that. Think about the way women are changing. Yeah. And it's nothing to do. I'm not. I've gotten 
weird comments on Instagram before when I've talked about the inverted Hollywood and stuff. That's not what I'm talking about in this instance. What Mm -hmm. I'm talking about in this instance is biological males and females Mm -hmm. and our bodies have changed over time because of hormones in the food, among other things. Kids now, boys and girls, are starting puberty at like eight. That's there are like third and fourth graders Mm -hmm. who are starting their period. And if you try and tell me that's freaking normal, you're delusional. Right. Because we're being pumped with hormones and it's changing our physical and internal structures. Now think they're they almost want to create like an androgynous human. Yeah. Very so a lot of not a lot, but there are definitely some males that are very androgynous. Mm-hmm. And definitely some females who are very androgynous. And if they're wearing baggy clothes, I can't tell what they are. Right. And that's not that they're trying to be one way or the other. That's just how they naturally are. Bone structure. And bone structure. And, and some of them have no sex drive. Thank and you. They, and they, This they is a big problem. They don't have the desire to have a family. They don't have the desire to have kids or even have a spouse. They just want to sit in their parents' basement and play video games all day or be an Instagram influencer or YouTuber because that's what's cool. Like They don't even have any content to share with anyone. That's just what they want to do. I'm going to start a YouTube channel. About what? About what? You don't do anything. You do nothing. You're not offering anything for the betterment of humanity. No. You, okay, this is my personal opinion. You start with content. Then you go to YouTube or wherever you're going to go with it. But the idea comes in your head first. Like, I think this would really help people if I talked about this. Or I want to be an influence, quote unquote, to other people because I want to bring truth or positivity or enlightenment, something like this. Or, hey, Let's I've been gardening for YouTube 10 years. First. Yeah, like, hey, I've been gardening for 10 years. I want to share my knowledge with people. Mm-hmm. Not, or, like, maybe you're just starting out and you want to show that journey. But, like, there's people, and we were talking about this before, who go out and they start a YouTube or a podcast or whatever, and it's, I'm going to be an influencer, or I just want to make money, or that's going to be my career, or, like, whatever. And I'm, we're like, okay, but how are you going to do that? I don't know. I'm just going to be an influencer. And I'm like, you're You're delusional. They're they're starting YouTubes and and podcasts or whatever and then picking their content. You can't start with, I'm going to be an influencer and then, well, I'll make makeup tutorials or something. It's like, first off, you're not even good at that. And you don't, you haven't researched anything about it. You know, it's not like you used to be a makeup artist and now you're going to start it's like i'm gonna review spray tans is you think that's gonna that's your money maker that's yeah. that's what you're gonna do sister i got news for you that's the popular thing and not just in teenagers and like quote-unquote young adults it's the elementary kids mm-hmm. it's i'm just gonna be a famous youtuber and i'm like what do you know you're eight what do you know what do you know you don't even know how to load a dishwasher or wash your clothes. What the fuck are you going to do you, you, you YouTube about? You just learned how to wipe your own ass like four right. years ago. You still have mismatched clothes. What are you going to do right. a YouTube about? That's You're what eight. I'm saying. 
you still have to be told to brush your teeth and, and go to bed to pick the fucking sleepies out of your eyes in the morning. And the kids, quote unquote, who are famous, quote unquote, YouTubers, they have like their parents making content for them and telling them what to do. It's not. It doesn't even look natural in those situations. You can no, tell it doesn't. Mom would, like say this. Yeah, like with little cue cards in the back, like yeah, hey. they're like say this, and I'll take a video of you real quick. And they yeah. they don't even know what they're saying. They're just like saying some stupid thing, or they practice forty two times before mm-hmm. they actually. I scrying hate mirrors. They're staring at scrying mirrors all day. I have a YouTube channel because a lot of people they don't want to just go on Google or whatever. They're li- they they want to see like a video or they want to be on. They they already pay for YouTube subscription. Okay. Let me re- let me rephrase. I think YouTube can have benefits of learning it's how to build something. Or it is. It can definitely have its benefits if you know what you're going in there for. And it has mm-hmm. a lot of great tutorials. And sometimes people who do podcasts and they, they're showing things, you know, you can't get that anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I said I hit YouTube, basically... If you're under like 14 and using YouTube, especially without parental supervision, Mm -hmm. like, just stop. Where is your fucking mother? I'll be drinking and watching Big Brother. (laughs) (laughs) But all right, Ellie, you came, you smashed. This is a fantastic episode, but... For the listeners who don't know what's going on with the Speed Bumps podcast and where can they find it? So the Speed Bumps podcast can be found on all major platforms, Google, Spotify, Apple, the works. I would really appreciate uh, Spotify and just clicking that five stars. Same thing with Julia's podcast. Go do it for her on Apple. We both really, really appreciate it. And Speed Bumps, I just chat with people about the different speed bumps they've gone through in life because we can all learn from each other. And... I just want to chat with people and share their stories because I feel like when the world went weird, we all kind of lost a little bit of our humanity. We lost that connection with people. And so I just kind of want to bring some of these stories back and And learn from others' mistakes so we don't have to go through those lessons. It's like somebody out there is going through those same things. Yeah. And it just makes you feel less alone or weird about yeah. your own life because and sometimes and i'm not gonna say names or anything you hear some somebody come on a podcast and you're like wow i'm lucky yeah or wow i know i've been dealt my own set of cards but that's some real fucked up shit with that person. yeah you know what i'm saying yeah it just brings a level of humanity and humbleness to people and the brave souls who have come on your show and bared their whole life story and put their self out there that's brave and that's you know something that's hard to do and a lot of people aren't ready to do that but they feel like they could if they hear someone else do it and and that's my hope and you've been on my show you know mm-hmm. uh i think 44 is coming out this week that, that we're recording it'll be a year in may and I'm always looking for people to come on and, but to talk about their speed bumps. Well, I absolutely love talking about these kind of topics with you, like on your podcast. That's not what my podcast is. So I love the opportunities to come on here, like on your show or Janet's show and just like 
talk about these things. With us. I get weird. I get yeah, weird with you guys, and I love it. Lo- I love that's it. That's what we love over here, though. <laughs> I've said though that all conspiracy theories lead you back to spirituality. For me, all conspiracies have led me back to Jesus, but. You have to also have podcasts like yours where it's like, what do I do now that I've put these pieces together? Are there other people who are struggling like me? Are there other people who are out there, you know, trying to make sense of life outside of just listening to podcasts all day? And that's where Speed Bumps comes in because we get weird over here. But then you go over to Speed Bumps and you realize everybody's fucking weird in their own way. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay to be weird. Actually, weird people are more common than, you know, if somebody's got like a completely unblemished record, they've never had anything bad happen. They're hiding shit and lying. Come on. (laughs) Those are the real freaks. Right? Right? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I do. But all right. And your Instagram is what? So my Instagram is speed.bumps.podcast or my personal Instagram is O-N-E thumb E-L because I only have one thumb. One thumb. And if somebody wanted to just chit chat with you, can they hit you up on Instagram or? Yeah, either one. Either one. I have been noticing uh, sometimes messages don't come through. So like I, it, they won't come through for like a day. So mm-hmm. if I, I, I'm not ignoring you. Instagram has been really wonky. Yes, I've updated my app. Um, if it's super important, like leave a comment. Those are coming through. So same, same. Sometimes I'll get on there and I'll be like, "Damn, I didn't even see this person message me like four days yeah, ago." Yeah, yeah. It's weird. So that's why I always just say, "Grace, give people some grace." Like we're we got double lives going on. I got the regular job, then I got my podcast, and I'm trying to keep up with everything in the middle, but. It's all worth it. It's a labor of love. It is. It is. (laughs) And the people you meet along the way are totally worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So with that being said, thanks everyone for listening and we will catch you on the next one. Uh